baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Mama told me. <laughs> always keep me up right there. Hey! Welcome to another uh, episode, edition of Second Amendment Radio here That's on right. 97.1 Talk. FM Talk. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, we're working on getting used to saying that. Yeah. 97.1 FM Talk. Second Amendment Radio. Tony Colombo here. Aaron Tarlow, the owner of Southern Armory there. Chad Ellis, our producer in a studio as well. And uh, we appreciate you being a part of another edition of Second Amendment Radio. Lots of stuff happening in the news once again. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, hopefully some questions that we that you guys have submitted that we can get answered here in a little bit. But first, what is going on at this exciting time of year at Southern Armory? We're, well, we're coming up on uh, Glocktober. Glocktober, right? right? Yeah, it's like <laughs> yes. Glocktober coming up. It feels like we so, were just talking about Glocktober. Well, you know, we've been on like a year and a half now. I know, but it's like, a, you know, amazing how time flies. 18 months. It feels like we were just, yeah, like we're just talking about Glocktober the other day. Yeah, so Glock, and it's back, baby. Yeah, Glocktober's going to be back right around the corner. If you weren't aware, we are a Blue Able dealer, and uh, so we get those first responders, law enforcement, paramedics, EMTs, firefighters, military, retired, uh, all in. Uh, Glocktober is a great time if you're a vet to come in too and take advantage of the discount program that runs through Veterans Day, which happens to be this guy's birthday right here. Nice. So I always like getting Veterans Day off and then uh, you know go do go do a few things. So this you year, spoil yourself this year. Yeah, I mean we go up to Jefferson Barracks, visit some family, and uh, you know kind of walk around there, and it's a humbling day to say the least. Mm-hmm. And then uh, kind of go hang out uh, back at the house. So and I got my daughter, so. You know, it's always exciting. Uh, so, I don't know. We might go to the zoo or something. She likes the zoo, and I like I like taking her there. But, yeah, Glocktober runs through uh, the end of October. And then, of course, if you're a vet, uh, you can take advantage of the Blue Label stuff all the way through uh, Veterans Day. So, that's a, that's a good thing. Start to see a little bit of movement on the NFA stuff. That's the National Firearms Act. And when I say movement on the NFA stuff, I mean suppressor, short barrel rifles, machine guns. Starting to move uh, as far as... The, the behind the scenes stuff. So you come in, you buy it, you know, you do the fingerprints and everything. And uh, we used to tell people like, oh man, it might be like a year to 16 months. And now it seems uh, more like eight to 10. So we're getting, get a little bit quicker. Yeah. Uh, the ATF said it was a backlog with the FBI with running fingerprints. And I recently got my paramedic license and I had to get fingerprinted, you know, and that sent mm-hmm. off to the FBI. And wouldn't you know, and about, uh, well, I got fingerprinted at 4.30 on a Friday and then on Monday morning at 8 a.m.-ish, which would be like 9 uh, a.m. on the East Coast, my fingerprint background check came back and said I was fine. Not much uh, of a backlog there. Yeah. They were working that, over the weekend, I well, guess. Well, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, I got fingerprinted at 4.30 on a Friday, which is 5.30 East Coast. So, I mean, they only had my fingerprints for like an hour. Right. And uh, 
and then I had a paramedic license later that day. So I'm just curious where uh, the backlog is. Yeah, where the backlog is. I don't, I don't know. Um, so with that being said, and they were digital fingerprints, you know. So, uh, but I've, we've seen no difference between the digital fingerprints and the actual physical fingerprint cards. Now, is there a priority over like paramedics? In I don't. Good yeah, question. I don't. I don't know. Great question. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know if it's a different division. You figure if it's the fingerprint background division of the <laughs> FBI. They just do everybody in the yeah. order they come in. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe there's just a, not as many people getting paramedic licenses, and EMT's now got to get fingerprinted, too, in the state of Missouri. So kind of an interesting uh, deal. So uh, if you're wanting a suppressor and you're kind of on the fence, now is probably a good time to jump on that. And, uh, you know, we're not seeing a whole lot of movement legislative-wise against suppressors. Strangely, it's just the high-capacity magazines and the guns dressed in black furniture. And uh, that's that's always curious because, you know, remember, we had a bill right around the Las Vegas shooting that they were going to they were gonna get through the Hearing, uh, Hearing Protection Act. Man, and uh, nothing happened and, after the Las Vegas shooting. Yeah, no, they, they, just, they just killed the bill. And it was like, the dude didn't even use killed a suppressor. Story. Well, yeah, that, that, that too. So and he, was <laughs> a, he was a Democrat, wasn't he? Or, I don't know. He was just a weirdo. Yeah, he was a, he was a lefty, though. That's where and, the know, bump stocks thing came from. Yeah, the bump stock thing definitely came in from that too. And we discussed on that bump stocks were really never really a popular item right, in, in right. store. And we immediately sold out. And it was like, wow, this is really weird. So, um, yeah. And then they banned them, which is amazing. I still can't get over that. Um, hmm. I actually was reading an article the other day. It talked about uh, Trump had, had uh, progressed gun control more than um, uh, Obama had. Yeah, you know, with the bump stocks and everything else, I was like, "Yeah, it's actually pretty accurate." I hate to grit my teeth, um, <laughs> but you know, the man talked at the NRA convention and got the endorsement of the NRA, which is like really unheard of. Yeah, Obama right? didn't really do much. Of, a lot of talk. He just kind of stayed away from the issues as much as he could, except for when it was in the in you know like in the there cycle. was a shooting or something. Yeah. But this president has just volunteered support for red flag laws. Yeah. Um he's talked about high capacity magazines, he's talked about background checks without yeah. even being like he's tweeted about them without even right. being pressed or asked about them. Yeah. Barack Obama never and I I disagree with President Trump on those things, but at least he's willing to address the conversation on his terms rather than waiting it for it to come to him. Right. So I give him credit for being talking out, about outside it. of the front, but, yeah. You but have to I don't think like, like his, uh, Trump is always going to shake up, shake up the box. Like yeah, that's true. from from the beginning, of, from the beginning <laughs> of his presidency, he's been talking about things that you'd be like, why, why, why are you, why do you want to do that? Yeah, and it's like, okay, it's a headliner. Like yeah, like I feel like his his thought is like what it, what's going to give me the biggest headline yeah. every time. Well, you know the man is the man is the master of PR, and there's no such thing as bad PR unless your gun store gets broken into. You know that's yeah. fine. <laughs> so I don't even think really that was unless bad. You're the that, go-to man yeah. on a topic in yeah. a major market. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just Aaron saying. Tarlow. Yeah, Southern <laughs> Armory. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, of course, the post disgraces out there and gets a picture <laughs> of me walking in with a rifle. I'm like, really? I mean, what do you think I was going to come up here with? <laughs> I remember, here's a funny story. The first time the alarm went off at the store, right? And uh, wife wakes me up and goes, hey, the alarm's going off the store. I said, which alarm is it? You know, she's, it was like a motion sensor inside. And I'm like, all right, we'll go up there and check it out. And so uh, Brad, you know, who worked with us for a really long, long time, uh, he meets us up there. He's sitting out front in his, in his car and 
we show up and I get out and I grab my shotgun out and I go, come on, Hiko, let's go. We're going to work. Hiko's all turned on. This is my 95 pound German shepherd. And Brad's like, whoa, <laughs> what's this dog doing? <laughs> so we unlock the door and I go, hey, if you're in there, you better say something because this dog bites. And Brad's like looking at me and I'm like, we're not going in there. And so we let Hiko go. He runs around the store, he comes back, and he's like, you know, hey, Dad, it's good. Come in here. So then we go to the next door, which, you know, separates the front from the back. And the uh, back is just offices and, and my gunsmith room. And uh, Brad's getting ready to walk through the door. I was like, stop. Hiko. Do your thing. Yeah, Hiko, Hiko just trots back, you know, looks. Yes. And then comes back, and he's like, yeah, it's good. And we come back there, and we look. We're like, oh, okay, well, stupid sensor, you know, flicking it. It turned out to be the, I didn't realize this, but the heat uh, so the way I guess these sensors work is they like detect heat and stuff oh. too. Oh, heat sensors. And, yeah, and so when the uh, heat kicked on, this is like it's kind of cold out. The heat kicks on, and um, it was like you know like a few feet from the sensor, and it saw something. I guess getting warm, and it set it off. Thought it was a motion deal, so we had to put a piece of cardboard over like the first six inches of the vent to kind of direct the air to go the oh. opposite, almost like opposite we do way. The, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, just like yeah, that. right in there, yeah. <laughs> And uh, and then we never had the alarm again ever. Nice. So it was, it was it was pretty funny. So good good stories at Southern Armory, and uh, you know we we love we love our customers. We've got great customers. We actually had a customer come in. We've had a lot of them come in here, and uh, he was uh, I don't want to say being critical of, but uh, he was talking about Missouri Firearms Coalition, which is you know Alex Salzman. We have her uh-huh. on very regularly, and uh, he was like, hey, listen, you know, we got to compromise somewhere. And instead of being reactive, let's get out in front and lead the parade and all this other stuff. And uh, you know, he had a he had a good conversation and and all that. And um, you know, and I'm kind of with him. You know, like I, I, as you've heard me before, I give like solutions. Like, hey, this is how we can fix this. And uh, there are some groups that are just uh, no more compromise. Enough is enough. Here's the line in the sand. We're not going to go buy it, etc. And there's uh, a lot of groups that are critical of like the NRA and others that uh, negotiate you know, too much. And that's where these no compromise groups come in. And I'm more of the in between the moderate that says there is a problem. Right. Here's practical solutions, how we can fix it. Oh, and by the way, we already have laws in the books, so let's just enforce the law. Right. So, right. It is kind of, so if you're the in the area. Thing, the the yeah. thing that you have to watch out for that the Democrats or the, the, the liberals on the side of uh, of taking your guns away and infringing on your Second Amendment rights is they act like they want to compromise and they say look yeah, they just give us this and we'll leave you it know alone. and we'll live it we'll, let's do some common sense reforms and then we right. can all walk away happy but the second they get anything they yeah. go back to work and just as hard if not harder to get more to get more that's right. never it's never enough so until it's gone it's funny you so say that's that that's where the compromise so issue comes did in did i ever tell you about how i got my first machine gun uh-uh. This is a good story. So my buddy Windsor, he's a paramedic, and uh, I was just a brand new guy on the truck, and I really liked working with Windsor because, you know, I'm 18, he's like, you know, in his 40s, he's like the father figure type that's just, Windsor's an awesome guy, you'd immediately like him, but he's a gun guy too. And uh, so Windsor is uh, getting divorced, okay? And so me kind of being the, you know, 21-year-old, 22-year-old smart aleck, I said, hey, you got any toys you're going to sell to get rid of because I knew he had a bunch of guns and he said as a matter of fact I do and he gave me a list it had like some old Smith revolvers which I really wasn't into at the time now I am it is what it is but he had this machine gun on there and I he goes and the machine gun buddy price is this and I'm like oh really and he goes and I'll even pay the tax stamp and I'm like oh man I've got to do this so we ended up getting a machine gun from 
Windsor, and he he tells me the story about how he got him. He uh, in the eighties, the Democrats were pushing to to ban machine guns, and uh, the NRA was like, if we just give them the machine guns, they said they'd leave everything else alone, the semi-autos, etc. They'd leave alone. And uh, so Windsor's reading the writing on the wall, and he goes and he buys, like, literally dozens and dozens and dozens of machine guns. Windsor's, like, taller than me. He's, like, six seven, hmm. and he's like this. He's got his arms shoulder height and on top of boxes and in the boxes from basically the ground up, right, and, like, double deep on each side are machine guns. Wow. Yeah, he bought a ton of them, and he registered them all, and then as he needed cash, he would sell them off because machine guns are investments. And I, I stress that to people that are going to get into NFA, and especially machine guns and stuff. They are those machine guns are investments. So I bought that first machine gun, my first machine gun ever, for twenty five hundred dollars. Wow! Included like twenty or thirty magazines and an unfired condition. That's awesome. And um, now they're ten to twelve. So right. it was a really good investment that you know over and over and over doubled. Um, and I've only had it maybe. 10 years right yeah not very long cool so windsor's a cool dude and uh i thank him for my first machine gun i'm never going to sell it and uh it is what it is but you know hey if you're in the area i love talking with our listeners as like my favorite thing and my wife really loves it too you guys come in and you guys share uh you know your opinions of the show or the stories that we've shared or hey did you think about this expand on the things that we talk about and I, I really enjoy it. I love when you guys send me messages on either Southern Armory's Facebook page or Second Amendment's Facebook page. I yes. love when you guys get in on the lives and chat back and forth with me while my daughter's passed out in the car seat and back because we're waiting to go play at the park. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then we go home and we take a nap. But I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, I look forward to, to a lot more of that going forward in the future, no matter what comes down the pipe yeah. with our with our awesome listeners. Yep. So you can find us at uh, 9901 Watson Road, one mile east of 270 and 44, and southernarmory.com. Southernarmory.com. That's southernarmory.com. Oh, yeah. We've got a lot more Second Amendment radio coming your way. Coming up the next segment, one of the things we're going to do is check in with our buddy Mark McMurray. He is the owner of Bluff City Outdoors, a big fishing bait and tackle store in Alton, Illinois, they just had the Alton Catfish Classic, the first, the inaugural Alton Catfish Classic. It was an amazing event that I got to be a part of. We're going to wrap that up a little bit, and we're going to talk about some fishing in the area, uh, especially around that Alton area, the Mississippi, the Missouri Rivers. So uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to talk to Mark McMurray next on Second Amendment Radio, 97.1 FM Talk. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo, Aaron Tarlow from Southern Armory and Studio, also Chad Ellis, our producer. And as I mentioned in the last segment, joining us on the phone, now one of the uh, great supporters of this radio station, Mark McMurray, the owner of of uh, Bluff City in Alden, Illinois, and uh, the, the, the sponsor, the organizer of the Alton Catfish Classic, which uh, was a big tournament that happened in Alton last weekend. I got to be a part of that tournament. It was an amazing event. Mark, congratulations on the Alton Catfish Classic, and uh, it's great to talk with you. How you doing? Hey, pretty good, Tony. Pretty good. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was pleased with it. So there was uh, there was a lot of people, hundreds of people that came by and uh, watched the weigh-ins, um, uh, 100 boats, 
Uh, some of them had, you, you could have as many as three fishermen on them, so hundreds of, of participants, hundreds of fishermen, right. um, uh, hundreds of people there at the, um, the, the amphitheater, the amphitheater there in Alton by the river to uh, watch the weigh-ins. It was a really, really cool event. What were your thoughts? Uh, you know, this was your baby. You put it together. Uh, it's a first-time event. You really never know what to expect. Uh, what, was your, what was your thoughts when it was all said and done? Uh, after I kind of got over from being so exhausted, it, we, we put it to, I mean, it went off, I thought, uh, about as good as, as it could. I mean, you know, fishing was a little tough, but, you know, we still, you know, had a team, you know, what was it, almost 92 pounds, big fish for the tournament. Yeah. That was great. You know, we had teams from, I think, 16 different states. Wow. That came in to fish it. So, you know, like I said, 100, 100 boats. Uh, and yeah. I, I thought it was cool. The top three teams were, were all within about five pounds of each other. Yeah. So it was very competitive at the top. Uh, ninety six, little over ninety six pounds was the win in total. Yeah, I mean, when, you, when we talked um, before the tournament on the weekend report, and a couple times with you before the tournament, you said that there would be a hundred. There, you know, there was a well, not that there would be, but there was a a strong potential of seeing a hundred pound catfish. And sure enough. There was a 92-pound catfish that won the big fish of the tournament. Wow. And, yeah, and what I love to see is how many kids were there. There were some kids that were part of the, the teams that were on the boats actually fishing, but there were also a lot of kids in attendance that got a chance to there was a there was a pool that the that some of the bigger fish went into so people could could see them and take pictures of them before they were put back in the river um, and you know it was kind of uh, uh, it was something really cool for the fishermen but it was also something really cool for the community and I assume that was that was part of the plan right yeah that that was part of the plan you know that that's why when we did it we we picked that weekend to be part of the Alton Expo. Yeah. Knowing that we were going to have a bunch of people down there, you know, going to the rides and at the food, you know, and the beer can, not the kids, of course, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just, uh, you know, we already, we knew we would have somewhat of a built-in audience if we could, you know, draw them over to that part of the, the grounds, and, and they and they came over. And there was a couple times there where, you know, it looked like that the area out in front uh, the, the st- where people sit, you know, it was about a third full. And I know that when it's full, it holds about 1,500. Yeah, yeah, so, that's that's awesome. Was, that's 500 it, people. It was, yeah, I, I, it was just people mulling through there nonstop there for, what, about three hours? Yeah, it was amazing. It was, it it was, cool. it was Yeah, it was a, it was an attractant. There were yeah, there were people pull, being pulled over to see what was going on and like stink bait in the yeah, water. Yeah, I mean when you see somebody pull out a ninety-two pound catfish or some of those other fish that were just you know massive, that's a that's something that a lot of people don't see every day and and you know it, there's that there's that anticipation because if anybody yeah. has ever seen a professional boat a fishing weigh in where, yeah. where the boat or the boats drive up to the stage and the fish come right out of their live well. You don't know. You don't know if they're going to pull out a freaking ninety pounder or what's in there. So you, yeah, they're always waiting, kind of for the next boat. Yeah, that's you know what I love about and and my wife. I mean, I love her, but um, <laughs> she says no boats, right? But <laughs> one of the things I love about boating and fishing is that it's it's family oriented and it's generational, right? You can have, you know, my, like my daughter caught her first fish. She's she was just turning two, and uh, she caught a little perch. Um, nice. and, and, you know, she was like hooked. So then, you know, of course I had a, 
run out and start looking at fishing poles for him. I was like, really? And I'm like, oh man, let's get him started young because I was really young going out fishing with with my grandfather and my grandmother and we would do you know catfish bass crappie you kind of name it um the bluegill the pumpkin bellies the perch stuff we just we just throw them back but the the good eating fish we would we would keep so that was a good memory um when i was three four five years old we would go camping and we'd go fishing i remember and all my cousins uh were like that too they all mm-hmm. we all still fish trout fish i remember my first time at montal but catfish is a lot of fun yeah um it, a it's great eating and that was kind of like I was like, man, do they like donate these fish to a, a food <laughs> shelter? <laughs> you know, like you know, how does this yeah. our food pantry? How does this work? But uh, yeah, I didn't realize they like threw them back in. You know, yeah, I've, all the all the fish went back in the river, right, Mark? Yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, it's all it's catch and release. It's yeah. you know, they're they're there to weigh them in, get them back in, yeah. so that maybe that ninety two pounder next year when we do it'll weigh ninety seven. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, I'd break that hundred pound. Yeah, and that's what we'd always do too. My grandfather'd be like, "Well, we gotta throw them back so they can get bigger, so you can catch them next time." That's you know? right. Like, that's we right. throw them back in. I mean, I couldn't get them in quick enough. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, it sounds sounds awesome. Um, and then the fact that people were just cycling through is yeah. is even better. It really is, you know, a family. family it really affair. is. And Mark, so you've been you've been doing this uh, a long time uh, there in Alton. Um, your opinion, because it's always cool, like I mentioned, to see the kids involved, to see the the next generation of fishermen, uh, you know, involved and in, in coming up in this day and age of you know iPads and cell phones and you know and kids getting involved into electronics and things like that at such a young age, and there's so many more things to do. Like for me, going fishing was more than anything just a, a cool activity that you didn't always get to do and but if somebody had a video game sitting in front of me i might have picked the video game over going fishing so have you seen that effect are there less kids fishing or or is is fishing kind of making a comeback these days it it's it's definitely uh kids are have gone to, you know to the video games and it's yeah. you know there are trying to get more and more and more kids exposed to, to fishing uh and it, if you do they 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 really like it you yeah know? i mean yeah the, the video game on you know they'll play a video game about fishing but it's not quite the real thing right right, you know, right, it's, it's right. something about you know seeing that fish fighting that fish amen it's just just out there with you know with your with your dad or your grandfather you know or you know who's ever taken you it's just it's you know, it's just it's it's good stuff. Yeah, you know? and, yeah we, and we need more of that. We need to get the kids outside. Amen. And and that's what events like the Alton Catfish Classic uh, do, uh, but better than anything is expose the kids and expose other people to uh, fishing and how cool it can be. Uh, you know, to, to, uh, I'm sure a kid at that event never thought for a second that there would be a fish that big in that river that's right there right. by their house or you know that they drive across to, every day and they and now they know that those fish are in there and they can be caught and, they and hopefully that uh yeah hopefully that that uh, turns some some folks onto that we're talking to mark mcmurray he is the owner of bluff city outdoors in alton uh mark talk a little bit about the uh about the store and what you guys uh, what you guys offer there at bluff city yeah, we're there. Uh, just we're on Broadway down, and we're just a mile east of Fast Eddie's. Everybody knows where that's at. Oh yeah, uh, kind of a landmark in Alton. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, but we we carry all the gear for catching these big catfish, and and then we also carry tons of crappie stuff and and stuff for bass fishing. You know, you name it, fishing wise, we carry it. Uh, that's just 
we're kind of specialized in that those areas, you know, big hooks, tough rods, big sinkers, you know, catch fish like that. You got to have basically it's it's light saltwater tackle in order to be able to handle fish like that. Sure, you that know, was kind of my next stuff. You're going to buy elsewhere. They just break it. Yeah, that was my next question. Is I've been. I've been saltwater fishing down in uh, Destin with my grandfather, and uh, that was a, a quite of experience. And then you're you're, you're saying like ninety something pound mm-hmm. fish, and I'm like, I ain't catching that on on my little bass uh, or crappie uh, rod, or and definitely my, not my trout pole. That my thing, Spider Man pole. Yeah, that'll bend right over. She's she's got a princess pole. Oh, there you okay, go. I'm just gonna throw that on out the there. Barbie pole. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so it's kind of a kind of an interesting deal. So yeah, I mean it's all like heavy duty. I mean what I'm thinking like, well, you're not going to use ten pound test line. There's no way oh. for ninety pound unless you just finesse that thing in the boat. Yeah. So what 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 kind of you know yeah, line are most, we actually talking about? Yeah, most everybody that, that's fishing for a fish like that, they're using the, the the newer technology, the braided line, which is very okay. strong, very thin. It's usually four or eight strands of uh, some some of its Kevlar spectra braided together. Uh, they're 65, 80, 100 pound. Uh, it's usually the test that they're going out there with. And then they're here the last 10 years or so, there's been a lot of entries into the catfish market as far as specialty rods to, okay. you right. know, to target these bigger fish. Yeah. And, and, uh, I was going to say that's another stuff. great thing about Bluff City is you may catch Mark in there on the weekends or the evenings sometime, but uh, Whitney is in there all the time. And the other people that work at Bluff City. Uh, if you do go in and you have those types of questions, if you're if you're gonna start catfishing seriously for the first time, like I'm a bass fisherman, so I don't know that much about catfishing. Um, you guys at Bluff City have the knowledge to help your customers talk them through what they're gonna need. What you know, what are you fishing for? Hey, they tell you what their what their uh, goal is, and you'll tell them what they need to to accomplish that goal, right? Yeah. yeah, we got the, because, you know, you, you got two different, really, catfishing, well, three, but you got your bank people that fish for big fish, mm-hmm. your boat people that fish for big fish, and then you got your bank and boat people that fish for the smaller channel cats that are, you know, trying to put those in the freezer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once we know what you need and how you're going to be fishing, then we can hook you up with with the best thing that, that meets that uh, requirement in your budget. You know, I mean, because there's, you know, like I said, just like Tony would know in bass fish and stuff, you know, there's $40 rods and then there's $400 rods. Right, yeah. right. Sure. You know, and you just sort of find out what the people, what, what's their budget, everybody's got a budget, and, and what best fits their needs for what they're going to be doing and, and put them in the best gear that they can possibly get for what they're wanting to spend. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Sounds like Southern Armory's model on business there is, there you, you know, go, s- yeah. sell them what they need and, and make sure their dollar stretches, which is absolutely awesome i have to yeah. come up and we always and say, check it out we always say right tool for the right job right and mm-hmm. uh that's you know for me that's like a glock 19 um so <laughs> <laughs> so what would be your what would be your go-to rod like entry level um guy that maybe wants to you know get those channel fish because that's like yeah. that's more like what we do we we normally go and you know we got this one lake by the house we go down there and you know right. we're trying to catch you know 7 10 12 pound yeah. and then put them in the freezer and uh but, you know, a guy that wants to go after the, you know, some of those and then maybe the, these bigger fish, 50, 60, 70 pound, what would be a, a good yeah. go-to budget rod that's for a, that? Yeah, that's a good question. Mark, what's your favorite? What's your go-to uh, when it comes to equipment like that? Yeah, on, on the bigger stuff, the the go-to stuff as far as the bigger, the, the boat rods and stuff, we carry a, a line of product called Big Cat Fever. They got a pretty good select stuff uh, in that $80, 90 range for uh-huh. the rod. 
and then hook reasonable. it up with yeah. you know either a good pin or a Shimano Dakota. That's a kind of a saltwater reel. Uh, you got good reel selection to target that fish. Really starting at around a hundred bucks up to about a hundred and fifty. The Shimano Dakotas are up around two hundred, but they're just top of the line. So right. for cool. for kind of a guy like me who goes to Florida too, you know, once a year, twice a year, this would be a good rod, crossover rod. I could go do some catfishing with it and then go down and, you know, try fish my in hand and fish in the golf a little bit. Yeah, it, the, the, those rods are built to catch, you know, 100-pound fish in a current. Wow. Okay. So, nice. So there's a lot of, a lot of, you get out there where there is no current, you can even, even handle bigger fish. Wow, that's great. Right. Awesome. Because the catfish industry really is catered towards fishing in heavy current, heavy weights, big fish. So, Mark, last question before we run out of time. Is there going to be a second Alton Catfish Classic next year? Yes, yes. We've already All got the date. All right. It's going to be a September 12th next year. Cool. That is great. Again, well, combined with the Expo. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, I, I hope I get to uh, be a part of it again. If not, I'll, I'll be one of those uh, folks sitting there watching the weigh-ins uh, as a fan because uh, that was a really cool event. Um, my, my son will be a little bit older next year, and, and uh, hopefully maybe he can, uh, he can come with me and, and uh, see some of those, so those great fish, too, because it really is uh, cool, something for the whole family out there. It'd be pretty so, cool we'll if we get got back up on the stage. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, you got a boat. Yeah, know? I and, do. And the one thing I noticed uh, just from boating a little bit in the Mississippi is when you go up north near Alton, it is not like boating down yeah. where I am, like the Merrimack River and kind of south of, of the little, arch. My you know, little nineteen foot ranger uh, go some places. Well, we could maybe we could maybe get it out there. It, it would be the underdog in that tournament for hey, sure. Hey, 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 we'll give it a shot. You know, the Blues were the underdog too. Hey, and hey, now, we're, now we're playing point. Glory all the time. You know, <laughs> <Great> so <point. laughs> Mark McMurray. Uh, Bluff City Outdoors. Uh, Mark, before we let you go, uh, tell people one more time where they can find the store, how they can follow you online, social media, all that good stuff, so they can get out there and uh, load up and, and gear up at Bluff City for their next fishing trip. Yeah, so our our, our address down there on Broadway is 2813 East Broadway. They're in Alton, uh, 62002. And then uh, our website is uh, bluffcityoutdoors.com. And on Facebook, type in Bluff City Outdoors, and you'll find our page in Facebook. And then the Alton Catfish Classic uh, is also on Facebook. Type that in or go to the website, the AltonCatfishClassic.com. Great stuff, Mark. It's great to talk with you, and we'll, we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, you bet. All right, we got to take a break, but there's more. Second Amendment Radio coming up next. Got a couple of news stories I want to delve into and uh, get Aaron's thoughts on. Maybe uh, get to one of your questions that you guys submitted uh, if we have time. So Look, don't go looks anywhere. Like, looks like $15,000 to the winning team on that. Yeah, 15, yeah, grand, 15 grand to the winning team good, and, and paid out the top 10 places. Yeah. Like, significant pay yeah to the that's, top that's 10 awesome play, i just i just gave him a like on facebook you should you should do that too. absolutely you got a year now to plan for that uh next alton uh catfish classic if you are a fisherman don't miss it and uh, don't go anywhere more second amendment radio coming to next on 97.1 fm talk for a long time run on for a long time Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio, 97.1 FM Talk. Big thanks again to Mark McMurray from Bluff City Outdoors for joining us in that last segment. Bluff City Outdoors there in Alton. They can take care of all of your fishing needs. 
I have a bunch of equipment, my bass fishing equipment there from Bluff City. Uh, they specialize in that big catfish stuff. We're talking about the Alton Catfish yep. Classic from last week. Uh, crappie fishing, anything. Anything yep. you need, they got you covered and, there at Bluff City. There's a great lubricant that just came to mind. That uh, Where are we going, that, Chad? Where are we going here? Where are we going? Oh, great lubricant oh for, uh, for fire. <laughs> Actually, what's hey, that? Now, come on. This is made down. What's yeah. happening? It's a it's a lubricant, right? <laughs> Perverts. You mentioned that. Yeah, and uh, it's made actually out in Fenton. It's called uh, QMAX. Uh-huh. Great locally owned company, great family, uh-huh. father, son. We carry them in store, and what I like about the product is that the oil, normally oil is on top of water, right? This is because uh, specific gravity. Uh-huh. And the specific gravity of this stuff is heavier than water. So you oh, can use it. That's cool. Uh, it's really it was really popular in the industry, uh, like farming and stuff. And then these farmers started using it on uh, the firearms, and then they tested it and got uh, basically you know a bunch of the manufacturers say, yeah, this is good stuff. So if you're going to go out and you're going to fish, uh, this QMAX that you can get in store would be uh, something to to lubricate your guns with. It gets in, penetrates into the the metal, and provides a protective layer against moisture and water. Really popular with uh, waterfowl hunters. So if you're going to go out. Duck hunting or goose hunting or fishing uh, the rest of this year, it would be probably something uh, pretty interesting to use. And it's got a nice aroma. Wife hates it. I love it. Um, but you can come in and be a judge for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I want to, uh, in this last segment, I want to for sure get to this one news story and uh, then maybe get to some questions if we have time. So, Aaron, I want to get your thoughts on this. I don't know if you saw it. Um, I can uh, set the stage for you if okay. not. Um, Chad, I'd love to for you to. To, uh, to weigh in on this, too. Um, story that made news this week was um, a situation down in Georgia with these three uh, teenagers that were masked, wearing masks, <laughs> went yeah. on to a man's property uh-huh. at approximately 4 a.m., Yeah, had guns, fired a gun. Sounds like three dead kids. Go at, ahead. At that, and they are. And okay. fired the gun at... The house or at the man, the yeah. details are a little fuzzy, but was, but they definitely fired first. Yeah, the homeowner had a gun, an an, an AR, yeah, type, type gun, type, type, type firearm, yeah, yeah. yeah. So type you know semi-automatic type gun, killed all three of them yeah, okay. on his property. Well, that just sounds like a good argument for thirty-round magazines. Go ahead. Sounds like to me, it sounds to me open and shut, stand your ground, castle doctrine. Type yeah, kind stuff, of, kind of all of the above, yeah. Now, no charges have been filed, so I wouldn't expect any because probably that is the case. But of course, there oh, are protests. Absolutely, there are protests um, that these kids didn't need to die. The there are protests but that they are shot at. First. They right. shot first. Four in the morning, three teenagers with masks and guns. What do you yeah. think they were going to do? When Halloween, right? Um, now, the reason I bring this up, go ahead, is it seems so. It doesn't even seem like a story, but it is yeah, a story, it unfortunately, is, and it is something that people are protesting, and it and it it leads me to um, w- what a lot of the protesters were saying is something that we hear over and over in these types of stories, and I just want you to kind of explain why in 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 life it doesn't work this way. Right. The they were they're saying okay, we understand that they came onto the property with a gun and shot, but just shoot them once. What? Well, why did you have to shoot them seven or eight times? Why did you have to continue to fire? Well, right. and, you, and you hear that a lot. You hear that, you know. Well, you, you could know, just like, shot the, him once, like the police officer, like, yeah, when the, shot him in the leg. When the guy was running in the mall a couple weeks ago, yeah. and it was like, well, 
why not Absolutely. shoot him in the legs? Why why does he why no. do they have to he didn't the crime did not uh, get to the level of where they should lose their life. And we hear right. that over oh, and over, over again. again yeah. Talk about why shooting somebody once in the leg to neutralize the threat is not reality. Right. So you shoot somebody in the leg uh and they're kind of reminding you know the the mighty python skit. Right, where he's like hits him in the leg, the leg comes yeah, the off, night, and yeah. then you know he's his hopping on leg. one leg, right. you know, and then he hits him in the other leg, and now he's just on his on his like pelvis. Yeah, he's still scooting around, and then he's still got a sword. He's still waving the sword well, around. I'm sure, a guy who has him. a gun that's already fired it at, at you once is willing to kill you. Is going to get shot in the leg and just stop. Right? Yeah. No, that's not that's gonna not happen. Happening. But that's the Mighty Python skit right there. You know, then he lops off an arm. Right. You know, and then the other arm goes. He's like, I still got teeth. Right. You know, and uh, you know, and it's like, you know, come on now, let's. Be, let's be serious. So, how do you, you know, you always, you never, you're never shooting to kill, right? You're Even shooting though to neutralize the threat, you're shooting to stop the threat, yeah. right? So, if they would have got shot one time, laid down, and they were no longer a threat, then the homeowner would have moved on to engage the the next um, the next target, and then you know he would have shot him once or twice. The reason you do you do multiple shots is a, you know, you, you think you're missing. Look at um, Darren Wilson, Michael Brown case. Everybody's like, why did he have to fire so many times? It's like, and you look at his statement. I thought I was missing. Yeah, right. And, and that and is most of the time you, and actually most of the time you are right, missing because you are focused, hyper focused on the target, right? And and then you are not really paying attention to your sights, and you think you're shooting them like red dead middle in the in the chest, and you're whizzing them over shoulder. You're you know grazing them. You're never truly truly on and that's the the problem with with a lot if of Aaron Tarlow is shooting your gun and you are a gun store owner yeah. that has shot you, your whole life you are very competent and you are you're very you have very good aim mm-hmm. so you are way above the average person okay. when it comes to shooting if it's four o'clock in the morning, you've just woke up. Somebody has shot a gun at you. Yeah, it's dark and they're a moving target, and they're twenty yards away. Yeah, you shoot ten times. How many times do you think you're going to hit them? Oh man, you know I, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but there's there's more than just you know Aaron goes through the range and shoots a gun. Aaron. Go, I belong to Arnold Rifle Pistol Club, you know, right. ArnoldGunClub.org, and I go down there. Are you going to hit them all ten times? Uh, I don't know about all ten times, but it's going to be close. What's the average you person going to do? Uh, I would probably imagine out of ten shots, probably three. Yeah, you know, thirty percent exactly. And uh, so or it's not maybe, like you maybe shoot less. once and go, did yeah, I hit his leg? Are done. they done? Right, and then that's not how you, it works. If you hit him, where did you hit him? Was it a critical spot to hit them? So with with all that being said, you know Aaron is in the bay running around back and forth to get the heart rate up, to get the adrenaline, you know, kicking. And then you got to remember too, you know, my other my other my other deal is firing EMS, which gives you a ton of adrenaline. You got to stay focused too. So this, we call it stress training when we do it in our classes. The stress training for me is is there. You know what I'm saying? I become kind of hyper focused. Um, and if you go to matches, you can you can kind of see that too. You don't know what targets, where the targets are, how many times you have to engage them. But you know, I give Aaron a solid five out of ten. Right. You know, a couple more than the average person. Yeah. And um, and, that's, know, and that's and that's you. Right. That's somebody yeah. who is is very prolific. Prolif. What's that word? Proficient. Who's pro- very proficient yeah. at this. <laughs> Just right. like I'm very proficient at speaking, apparently. Yeah. And um, the other the other factor too. So in if this you're is, if you're you just know. woke up and you don't do the, and you don't shoot very often and you're trying to defend yourself and the adrenaline's going, yeah, and you a, shoot until a, the 
Target and, and if you're in my yeah, family, right. oh, dude, it's over. I want you to shoot until it stops because I don't want you to die. Yeah. I don't want these kids to kill you. I want you to stop them. Right. And yeah, and that's I feel like the first thing they were the homeowner was doing to is protecting his, his, his family property and yeah. family. And so, pro- that's, that's the first time I would be like, yeah, that's a shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah, they're, they're shooting at the house, which is, you know, in Missouri, I don't know what it is in, in Georgia, but Missouri, you can't shoot in any occupied buildings, you know, outbuildings and stuff. So they're already breaking the law. And then obviously people in there, in the, in the house, um, the occupied structure in danger. So you're not really, the other thing too, is you can't really be defending property purely to defend property in Missouri. And this is a topic that comes up regularly in our CCW classes, but you know, it sounds like, yeah, he was he was protecting property, but ultimately he was protecting the His individuals, yeah. you know, in there, and that's that is a justifiable use to protect property is when there's a immediate threat to uh, your your life. We call it immediate. I call it IDHL, immediate danger to health or life. Mm-hmm. And the people inside the house definitely they could have got grazed, glass could have broke, you know, splintered, you know, wood. I you know I don't know what kind of you know firearms the kids were using. Um, but you know, it, it, it ain't good. Don't shoot occupied houses. Like, I would have shot you too. So right. how old were these? I think they kids? were all between like 15 and 16. I think they okay. were all in that yeah. age range. Teenagers. So, you yeah. know, like the, 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 the age where, you know, they're impressionable. I'd imagine it was one of them that said, Hey, let's go rob this house. You know, and the kid, the guy, I, I bet you the homeowner, uh, either had kids and the kids were known to the, to the, um, to the uh, deceased suspects. You right. know, they, they so this was another, this was in so. Georgia. It's a little different everywhere. So yeah. people that are listening in Missouri right now, and if, if if they're putting themselves in this situation, when are you allowed to fire that gun? Oh yeah, the same circumstances in Georgia. You know, you're shooting at the house, you can shoot right well, back. Well, I'm and, saying, if, what right. if it's three teenagers on your property? At 4 a.m. with masks on and you can see their guns, but they haven't shot yet. Yeah, so at that point, you know, I'd be calling what's, 9 911 okay. and uh, telling them, hey, there's three masked individuals. You're not going to be able to tell if they're kids, adults, you know, young, old, sure. male, sure, sure. Right. right, yeah, you're not going right. to be able to really tell anything. And, you know, the reason we shoot at, like, black silhouette targets is because at night there's a lot it's grace you know you're not seeing any color so you couldn't even you can't even tell race at that point you just see sure. a shadowy silhouette target with you know the outline the silhouette of a firearm so you'd be calling 911 right. if they go and they burglarize your your outbuilding your out garage you know, let them right because it's insured you know mm-hmm. and let them take whatever but the moment they start heading towards the house trying to break a window to get in force a door or shoot at the people inside man it's on you but know, because they're going to come don't in. I understand where the adrenaline comes from. I'm like, oh, I'm going to shoot up this house. You don't get a respawn. You don't. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's right. not Call of Duty. Well it's said. not Gears of War. Well said. Yeah. You don't get a respawn, and it's it's kind of like over. And then yeah. not only do you have to deal like your family, you, yeah, your yeah. family right. has to deal with your friends, community. yeah. And now yeah. you got protests and like, right? What are they protesting? They were wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And that that's the thing is, you know, I see this over and over and over again. Uh, where you know we get a, a shooting, whether it's an armed, uh, armed uh, you know citizen or law enforcement, and we're protesting it, and it's yeah. like, listen, man, you know it was either me or them. Right. I'm choosing me every time, and I'm choosing my freaking wife and yeah. kid every time yeah. too. Amen. So good stuff, good info as always. Don't forget if you want to submit questions, you can do so on the Second Amendment Radio Facebook page or the Southern Armory Facebook page. Two great places to put questions. Aaron uh, does a lot of live videos and answering of questions there, and we try to get some answered on the show as well. Don't forget you can download our podcast on the Radio.com 
app. And we will be back here next Saturday at 3 o'clock. For Aaron Tarlow, the owner of Southern Armory, our producer Chad Ellis, I'm Tony Colombo. Thanks for listening to another edition of Second Amendment Radio here on 97.1 FM Talk. Take it away, John. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.